Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 112 here at CCO. Thanks so much for joining us. Tech Talk underway. Doug Swinhart joining us via the phone due to the terrible roads. Uh, they are improving, but uh, once again, take it very easy indeed. If you're having problems with your computer, hardware, software, whatever, by all means, give us a call here on the program. Here is the number, 651-989-9226. Tech Talk with Doug underway on a Saturday, 651 989 9226 Doug, always great to, to visit with you. And once again, you, you tried to go out, but uh, it was pretty tough. Well, yeah, it's good that we got the communication thing going, Steve. I left the house today at 1130, and I got as far as 494 and Dodd Road, and I arrived there at quarter after 12. And this is about five miles away from my house. More cars and trucks slid all over, and it's really deceptive. The roads seem Self, to be okay. From the San Francisco and there's these long patches, and that's bad. Uh, but I'm glad to be on air, and hopefully we can get some people taken care of today. All right. Uh, we expect a lot of calls. Uh, folks are stuck at home. Here are the numbers, 651-989-9226. You can text 651-989-9226 here on Tech Talk. Always good to visit with Doug today. And Doug, here's here's a good one. Can you explain how changing channels on your Wi-Fi settings uh, and and does that help you get a better connection? Once I, I guess I've never heard that. Can people do that? Uh, oh, absolutely. At most routers will allow you to set uh, the channel of the 2.4 gigahertz or the 5 gigahertz. And here's the thing: these routers. Um, they're set up in such a way that most of them have a default channel. And when you get in an area well, like most people live in where all of their neighbors have Wi-Fi, channel 3 and channel 9 and 11 seem to get packed up pretty good. So if you go in and you manually set that channel, you will actually be on a different wavelength of the frequency. It's really an interesting concept. Um a lot of network analyzers will give you this information, and you can download them and run them on your smartphone or your computer, and they will analyze the environment, and most of them will actually suggest the right channel, but that can change. People are set up on automatic channel, and if all your neighbors start switching channels, and Comcast modems, and I believe CenturyLink modems do the same thing as well, they will reach out and analyze the network themselves and readjust automatically. So it's not the issue that it used to be, but it can still make a huge, huge difference. And that, great text, by the way. That was an excellent question. Yeah, that, that is a good one. I guess I didn't know that. Let's go to the phones here on Tech Talk. Dennis, you're on the air with Doug. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Hi, Dennis. What's up? Um, I have a Windows 
7 uh, computer, and I need to upgrade it to a Windows 10. And I went online and uh, bought a, a, a license key for Windows 10, and they sent you to a website that's on the Microsoft website. Okay. And it's a tool, uh, media tool that you're supposed to uh, download and then start from. Yeah, that will actually get a, check your system to make sure that it's that's compatible. All right, Dennis. Uh, did, did we lose him, Steve? No, he's back. Go ahead, Dennis. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm having trouble. It's hooked up to my Bluetooth in my phone, so I'm... <laughs> I can't get it transferred to my phone, so I can talk on my phone. But uh, uh, why don't you go, why don't you feel free to give me a call a little bit later today, and we'll discuss this. All right, Dennis, that that sounds good. Um, upgrading to Windows 10. I, I know people are tempted to do it, but we have talked about this a lot. If you're running Windows 7 and having no problems, or running Windows 8 not having any problems, I guess if it were me, why bother? I have to agree. I, I think, you know, being old school, I say if it isn't broke, don't fix it. But one caveat to this particular change in the entire computer environment would be I would suggest that people cut off all of their updates and connection to the Microsoft server and just get rid of everything. Just put, turn it all down and make absolutely certain that they have a competent commercial-grade antivirus and malware, and I would just suggest Malwarebytes, M-A-L-W-A-R-E-B-Y-T-E-S.com. They are just tremendous, tremendous people to work with. Um, I don't think that it's necessary, and in fact, many people in the business today, because of the privacy issues and some of the things going on with Windows 10, they're going to stay with Windows 7. It's not like it's going to stop running. Um, sometimes Microsoft, I believe, makes a little bit too big a deal about, well, we're going to support this. And I just think if people are good users, they probably better off just sticking with their Windows 7. But it's all personal choice, and it's available if you want to go that route. Quick, quick follow-up. If you are going to update to Windows 10, some quick tips. Number one, back up your data. That goes without saying. When you're doing anything when it comes to an operating system, or for that matter, backing up your data is just good practice. But beyond that, what are some other quick tips you can give folks if they do plan to upgrade anyway to Windows 10? Well, that's an interesting question. I'm glad that you asked. Yeah, this gentleman that just called in talked about going to a website and buying a key, and then they went to Microsoft, and they sent him right to this particular application that will check his system to make certain that it's ready to go. I think that he did that backwards. He should have went to Microsoft, got the evaluation tool to make certain that his system is capable, then spend the money. But this is pretty common in computers. Uh, People start to look for stuff, and the sales things always seem to show up prior to the support. Uh, But this is one area where you can actually go on Microsoft website, and it will run a scan of your computer to make sure that everything's compatible. And if there is anticipated issues, you will know up front and possibly be able to do some research again before you spend the money on Windows 10. All right. Very good. Uh, Doug Swindahart, Tech Talk underway here on a Saturday. Uh, once again, our phone number is 651 989 
888-900-9226. And you can use that number for a call or a text here on the program. Follow up on the routers. Our router is in the basement. Would uh, Wi-Fi extender help with streaming movies upstairs? And my short answer would be yes. I have done that and put those extenders in. They do help a great deal. Oh, there's no question about it. And people do not have to spend big money to have this happen. And, in fact, if you've got Comcast, and I believe CenturyLink has a a similar setup, i got to do some more research with CenturyLink. But Comcast will actually send you out these little deals that you can plug into the to your electrical outlets and actually create a mesh with little to no configuration at all. And, again, you'll be using some type of network analyzer. It will show you the weak spots in your house and plug these little deals in and you're rocking and rolling. There is no reason inside somebody's house today that there should be any weak spots at all. Or you can do what you and I have done, Steve, and just buy a small little extender. I love these things. These things will have that your Wi-Fi running at top speed. If you happen to have a desktop and can, can connect to that little actual device that you've plugged in, the extender, they actually will take a wired Ethernet cable as well, and your speed is unbelievable if you've got it cable to the extender and the extender has Wi-Fi wide open. It's really a great solution and less than 50, 60 bucks generally. Yeah, and one thing I will point out, and this is what I did with my mom and dad. They switched Internet service providers. We're not going to say who they switched to and who they switched away from. It's not important. But what I did recommend is have them put the install, uh, put that router in an area where they use the Internet the most. So they moved it up into their kitchen on a little desk so the router is very close to the main televisions they watch and where they use the lion's share of the Wi-Fi. And for me, that made a ton of sense. Move that router up close to the area where you use it most, and now they've had absolutely no trouble streaming uh, Netflix and other services on their televisions. They've had really good luck with that. So if you have the ability, maybe move that router into an area where you use it most. Oh, absolutely. That was excellent advice. And in fact... Always keep in mind that this is not a perfect science. I've actually seen environments where moving the router two, three feet to the left, two, three feet to the right, two, three feet vertical, maybe hanging it on a little shelf, uh, it, it, just, it just makes all the difference in the world. Right. Th- this particular full beam transmission, it's not a perfect science, and it, it has difficulty going around things. That is a tremendous, but if you can get it close, and here's the thing that people should realize as well. Most routers today are coming with 2.4 and 5 gigahertz. Now, the 5 gigahertz is going to run much, much faster speed. The caveat here is that will not be able to deliver the distance, the extended distance that 2.4 will. So if you can get close to that router, your computer is capable you should connect at 5 gigahertz even if you got one or two bars compared to full bars in 2.4. Those bars are kind of important, but I don't think they're as important as most people put 
the, the amount of emphasis that they do on them. If you got two bars in five gigahertz, I would grab that at over 2.4 any day of the week. You're going to get much better speed. Uh, but play around a little bit. It's amazing what you can do just moving things around just a bit. Great advice, Steve. Great advice. 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. Good for calls or texts. Let's go to the phone lines again. Folks are waiting. Let's bring in Jim and Robinsdale. Jim, you're on the air with Doug. Hello. Hello. This is Jim. And I have a question about uh, computers with hybrid storage. I know some of them have both SSD and HDD, and I'm wondering how that works. Yeah, this is, um, this is really interesting when it comes to drive storage. There, Seagate actually has a hybrid drive that's a spinner drive that will deliver consistently really, really faster data, reads and writes, than a normal spinner drive. And they sold well, but not near as good as I think Seagate had hoped. But my opinion of mixing drives, it's okay if it's necessary. Say, for example, you've got a videographer whose videos are taking enormous amount of space. Yeah, then have a one terabit inside your desktop. But at the cost of solid-state drives today, I would really, really highly, highly recommend just staying with an SSD drive. And some of the new technology coming out with SSD drives are actually capable of taking that SSD drive, and it's a special SSD drive, and you can run it through a PCI-enhanced port, and the speed of these things are incredible. But you must look out for heat. When you get an SSD drive running that fast and delivering that type of performance, they will overheat. We don't know if it's going to take away from the longevity of that SSD as well to run it through a PCI port rather than a normal SATA port. Getting a little technical, but this is an interesting, interesting part of computers. But solid-state drives has changed everything. But at the cost of a 500-gig solid-state drive today, less than 30 40 bucks, well, I think they're $49 for a half a gig of solid-state drive. There's really no reason to have that other clunky old drive in there unless you got it and you need to use it. But even then, I tell people to put it into an external case. Now it's not plugged into your computer, not taking any energy, and you're probably not going to be using that large drive as often as people think. And the, the convenience of a $23 enclosure just makes it well worthwhile to just put it into an external case and keep your computer resources as open as possible. Great, great question. 127 here at CCO Drive safely. 34 light rain, a lot of ice out and about. Crews are trying to do the best they can. Let's go to Bruce in Bloomington. You're on Tag Talk with Doug. Hello. Yeah, good afternoon, Doug. See, I've, I've got a quick question. I've got a, a Sony Vio 17-inch laptop that works beautifully. I put Linux Lite 4.6 on it. It needs a battery, and I'd like to give it to somebody who needs it. How would you go about doing that? My, there, there are so many outlets for used computers, and I will also say this. 
when it comes to laptops, the ones that you can get used are few and far between. If, they, if they're running, people hang on to them. It's really, that's a no-brainer. But I think for your particular application, if you take that computer, you just want to donate it. There's places all over town that you can do this. But your quickest way would just be to take it to Tech Dump. They will absolutely get it into the hands of somebody that is deserving. Um, they generally sell these things at one or two of their rebuilt retail centers, but they're inexpensive to the point of ridiculous. By the way, 17-inch laptops are becoming rare. If you went to buy a new one today, anything of any quality, you're looking at over $1,000. You may want to be rethinking this Sony of yours, especially if you've got Linux installed on it. That baby's probably cooking right along here at this point. But thank you so much for the call, and I hope that helps. All right, Doug, quick break. We've got a weather update and then more. We'll go to Hank and Rob coming right out of the break. And we have a deal for you. You can call or text 651-989-9226 and talk to Doug. It is Tech Talk. Computers, computer problems in the spotlight all hour long. Sports Saturday gets started following uh, the news and weather at 2 o'clock. Eric Nelson joins us. There's a ton to get into. The Vikes heading for the playoffs. They still have to get through a game with the Bears tomorrow. The Wolves tonight against the Cavaliers. The Wild return home. Gophers in a bowl game. All that and much, much more coming up here on a Saturday at CCO. 135 on a Saturday. Tech Talk underway. And, of course, you can hear us. Sports schedules permitting. Saturday is between 1 and 2. Doug Swindahart, good enough to join us. And, by the way, we'll have Doug's phone number and email a little bit later on in the program. Before we say goodbye, the number here, if you want to talk to Doug, text or call 651-989-9226. And that's good for all our programs here on CCO, 651-989-9226. All right, Doug, we promised we'd go to those phone lines right away, and let's get there. Let's start with Hank in Oakdale. Hank, you're on the air. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Doug, I've got a Windows 7 uh, program here at Home Premium, and I wonder, is my computer too old? And if not, what kind of security system could I put on my computer? Yeah, the first thing that I would suggest to you is you download GWX Control Panel and just run that program to make certain that all of your updates are shut off with Microsoft. I would also tell you that you might as well download Malwarebytes. I think it's a tremendous deal. I think it's probably the best deal on the Internet. I love these people. They're right in the United States, so if you do call for support, you're actually going to talk to a, somebody that cares about what they do. And this time of year is a good time to buy. They will have after Christmas sales, and just like any other business, I wouldn't be afraid to do business with malware bites anytime. And just get that thing taken care of and clean your disk. Make sure you got it defragged. Might want to consider a solid state drive, but your computer is good to go for a good long while. And thank you for the call. All right, uh, Hank, great call. Uh, we'll jump back to the phone lines momentarily, but I want to follow up, and this gets to our text line. Um, we, we had someone texting in from Florida 
who's listening to the program. Love that. Radio.com, great way to go uh, to catch CCO anywhere in the world, anytime. Radio.com. Uh, Doug, you talked about malware bytes. If you have Windows 7 or Windows 8, it really is a must to have a good off-the-shelf commercial antivirus malware program, and you've recommended malware bytes for a while now. Absolutely. Uh, malware bytes, this company has been around for many, many decades. It, they just do a great job, and they contribute so greatly to the entire security industry that they really do deserve success. Uh, another one of my favorites is ESET, ENOT32. Great program. I tend to stick with commercial software that can give me support right here in the United States. I, I just would prefer to get my support from people who speak my language, and it's just easier to contact. And both these companies are very fussy about after-sales support, which is, I think, a huge issue in this industry. The, the competitive nature of this business seems to have affected after sale, whether in hardware or software, probably to a greater degree than most other businesses. But if you've got a company that is doing a good job with support, that's huge, just huge. And, of course, price is a factor. I believe Malwarebytes is a little bit less money than, um, than Enod32. Both good products, both exceptional reputations. But I, I would tend to, to go with Malwarebytes. They also are the producers of ADW Cleaner that they give away for free, no charge at all, which will clean your computer upon download. And this program doesn't need to be installed. Just those type of contributions to the ongoing issue of security with Windows makes it absolutely imperative that we have something in place. That I don't know what Microsoft is going to do with Windows Defender or Microsoft Security Essentials in 7 and 8. If they stop sending up updates for those, which we don't know if that's what they're going to do, probably, then it's critical to just get shut that all off and get a commercial package and continue to roll on. You should be just fine. All right, to the phones we go again. Rob, Minneapolis, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, guys. Thanks for having the call. Uh, question, Doug. How often should somebody look at up changing out to a newer router? I know the company's internet, you know, they lease them to you per month. People get stuck in that knowing you can buy your own. And they'll have them for four or five years. Is there is there a certain point where technology just overlaps and you should get a new one? You know, this industry is changing so rapidly that that question is extremely difficult. Uh, normally, I suggest to homeowners that they just purchase the router that comes from their internet service provider. The equipment that's being provided by CenturyLink and Xfinity is second to none. And that way you are always up to date. Um, my modem slash router from Comcast, I know for certain in the last two years, they have actually changed the internal technology to take advantage of all of the advancements. Most router companies, if you buy a router, will do the same thing. But it really is nice working with your internet service provider. That way, all of the configurations on their side, the monkey's on their back. And for $10 a month, I'm not so certain that you could actually buy your own and save money in the long run. I think it's best just to go with what they provide. If you have a special need, gamers especially, there are routers out there 
that they are going to change that technology two, three times a year. And this is ongoing. Uh, today, we're moving into Wi-Fi 6, which is brand new, and very little equipment out there can handle that. But yet the technology will be available for a good six months to a year. And then the technology comes out, and then you want to watch as the prices drop. If we live on the cutting edge, it's going to cost you more money. That's just a fact of life. But that's a great question, and I hope that helps. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Uh, good call. And once again, if you start to have problems with your, your router and, and your Internet service provider, uh, Comcast, Xfinity, or, or CenturyLink, or, or all the other providers that, that are out there, they'll generally swap that out. They're not going to fool around and, and, and make you fight through bad equipment. But typically I've found, Doug, when, when we've had any problems with our CenturyLink routers over the years, a, a simple unplug, oh. unplug it from the wall, I, you know, it's it's true with cable boxes. It's crazy how that works. But disconnecting it from the power, let it sit for 30 seconds, plugging it back in for whatever reason, that does wonders. That is a technique that I think everybody should keep in mind. Now, if you happen to have Comcast and you want to do a complete refresh, you'll need to unplug your modem slash router and leave it unplugged for a good 45 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah, when you plug that, and you don't need to do this often, maybe a couple of times a year, if that. If you go that length of time, you will retrain your actual account all the way up the chain. But the technology is different for DSL and CenturyLink and all the other providers that use... uh, PPP over E, point-to-point protocol over Ethernet, DSL, and you just got to find that magic. I'm not certain what this is about shutting it off. I think this equipment actually starts to build up a little static, and I kind of picture in my mind that little static tornadoes flying around tops of motherboards and inside of circuits, and, and when that static gets too heavy, By unplugging it, draining the electricity, that's all goes away. I think that's a lot of it. We we can't see it, can't smell it. I don't think I've ever even heard it, even though some people claim they've heard some snaps and crackles, but I I haven't personally. Uh, It does wonders. First thing that you should do if you have trouble is just shut everything down, let it drain, and fire back up. It'll probably go away, probably fix itself. Great advice. Yeah, I know over the years with a cable or satellite box, that has paid huge dividends, and I would assume it would be similar for a router. Another thing that, Doug, I I do, and and I think people should do, smartphones, people have a tendency to run them 24-7. They're always on, they're always up, and if they're not in their pocket or their purse or uh, in their hand, they're on a charger. Well, I think there's value in shutting these down from time to time. And sometimes overnight, I'll do a complete shutdown and charge it. Um, and I, I I don't know, but I continue to hear that that's good practice as well, to completely shut these phones down from time to time. The only thing I would add to that is that's not just good practice. That's best practice. My smartphone goes down at least three times a week at night. I just power it down, plug it in, 
and just leave it. And I think also that sometimes these companies, AT&T, Sprint, Verizon, um, all of them, I think that when you get an update and they reboot your system, sometimes I think that the update was just to make sure that your phones are getting restarted. This is an excellent, excellent piece of advice on your part again. I think that that's a tremendous, tremendous way to go. And really, it's just like any other computer. And keep in mind, the smaller these things get, the more important this kind of information really is. Just shut it down. Let it power off completely. Plug in your charger when you go to bed at night. Get up the next day. It's like you got a fresh phone. That is really imperative with the smartphones. Uh, that was super good, super good advice. Happy New Year to everyone who tunes in to Tech Talk uh, each and every Saturday between 1 and 2 o'clock here on News Talk, 830 WCCO, sports schedules permitting, of course. Let's go to the phones again. Let's bring in Debbie and Woodbury. Debbie, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, do you um, help people with smartphones to transfer uh, your number and your contacts from one phone to another? I have done that, and if given the opportunity, if I can, if people want that done, the the best methodology is at least a week or so beforehand. We'll get you guys set up with a, a Gmail account. When you get your new phone, you just put in your Gmail and your Google account information, and as you're walking out the store, your phone is populating like you never even got a new one. That's one area where Gmail account uh, or any other type of cloud account where your contacts and your email and everything is up in the clouds, it will even be able to connect to Google Drive and bring in, at least give you access to your pictures and your documents. Um, I think that is really the smartest way. Also, these phone companies will transfer data. I actually like the Google promise, the premise, or the way Apple does it. They do almost identical. You buy a new Apple, a new iPhone, upgrading from an old one, your entire Apple account is up in the cloud just waiting for that new piece of advice, that new device. This is not the issue that it used to be. Now, if you've got a good phone provider, they will do it for you while you wait. I personally would rather have my data and all my configurations saved up in the cloud. If it's on that device, something happens to that device, mm. it, that, it's gone. But if you got it in a cloud storage, well, now you got it there as well. So, yeah, I'm, I do that all the time. In fact, I think I helped two people this week with uh, some issues. Uh, one guy lost all of his photos, and I jumped online and found him an answer. Haven't heard back yet, so I'm hoping he, that he was successful. Uh, it's not... Uh, not unreasonable. I would be more than willing to help with a smartphone. And thank you so much for the call. All right, great call. Quick break. More Tech Talk with Doug Swinton Hart coming up here on News Talk, 830-WCCO. Nine minutes down in front of 2 o'clock. Doug's phone number and email coming up. It is Tech Talk. Doug Swinhart here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. Steve Thompson in studio, along with producer Jonathan Lowe. Let's go to the phone lines again. Mike in Minnetonka, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, guys. Great show. Thanks for taking my call. I've got a a three-year-old HP Pavilion desktop, kind of a basic PC, 
the screen went dark on me. I can tell the computer's working, but there's not a signal going to the screen. And I know that because I tried a second screen. It, it doesn't work. A friend told me it might be a video card, and I'm wondering if that if that sounds like an easy replacement for a, a DIY kind of guy. It absolutely is. Uh, many of these computers on the motherboard have an actual video interface. And you also might want to try, if that's the case with your computer, if you're using a VGA cable or a DVI cable, you might want to switch to the other technology. And if you have, uh, it's probably got an HDMI as well. Now, on the computer side, it may be called a display port. So pay attention to your connectors, but just by replacing that cable and changing from a digital video interface, that's uh, the big 24 plus 2 uh, pin, or a VGA, which is a 15 pin, just changing that to a display port and or HDMI is the way to go. If your monitor's got an HDMI port or a display port, they're very similar. Take a look at the ends. You can run a Google search and put in HDMI space VS display port and hit images, and you'll be able to see what I'm talking about and just coordinate. I've got computers that have a display port on the computer side and an HDMI on the monitor side. There are plenty of cables that will, you don't even need adapters. They got display on one side, HDMI on the other. This is the next technology for connecting monitors. Been around a while. But the display port is huge. That's big. No matter how intense the monitor is, it'll carry that signal. I would try that first. If that doesn't work, then yeah, you can get a video card and you probably have one or possibly even two PCI Express specifically designed for video cards. You don't have to spend big money on this. Of course, with video cards being in the game arena, the sky is the limit on the cost. So depending on what you do at your computer, but run out to Micro Center, take a look. They're a piece of cake. You can take your model of computer. They'll make sure you get the exact card that's compatible for your hardware. These things, you snap it in, fire it up, put in the driver software, and you are usually done in minutes. Way to go. Yeah, this is common, very common. And thank you so much for the call. I hope that helps. All right, uh, another uh, quick call before we say goodbye. Virgil, in an oak, uh, you got to go quick. We're tight on time. Oh, thank you. Um, thoughts on WebRoot, and I have Geek Squad supporting that. Is that a good system? Well, I, um, I, 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 not my favorite, but I'll tell you what you do. You give me a call in about a half an hour or so, and we'll chat about this. Um, if they're doing good work for you, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, but I think there's some better ways to go. Uh, again, it's based on personal opinion and probably some extra bias as well. And thank you for the call. All right, Doug's phone number and email coming up in a moment here on uh, CCO from uh, the text line. Uh, with uh, oh, here here we, here we go. I just had. Uh, the the computer screen change up on me. I have an older desktop with Ubuntu operating system. Love it, but having a hard time finding a compatible printer. Any ideas, Doug? I think that that's common with new Linux users. 
And if this individual gives me a call, we probably can jump into a terminal window and get this thing set up for them. I actually prefer HP printers. HP is working with Linux and Linux with HP like a hand in a glove. And they've been doing this for years and years and years. There are a lot of good printers out there. Nearly all of them, you should be able to get running with almost any version of distribution of Linux. Uh, Ubuntu, dependent upon the age, you're going to be fussy about what file you download. Ubuntu is more of a rolling distribution, a little bit more aggressive with the new equipment and the new technologies. And this is kind of a big part of why I go towards uh, Linux Mint. But there, yeah, have them, uh, just give me a call and we'll see what we can do and walk right through it. Not a problem. All right. Well, uh, Doug, we've just about run out of time here on the program. Uh, what are your phone number, email? How do people get, uh, reach you? Oh, thank you. Uh, 651-552-9543. And, of course, WCCOTech.com. WCCOTECH.com. 651-552-9543. And thank you so much, Steve. All right, Doug. Have a great day. Stay safe. Uh, we will visit with you in one week. Excellent, excellent. And you'd have a safe drive home as well. It's a deal. I'll do my best. There he is. Doug Swin, the Heart Tech Talk, comes your way each and every Saturday, sports schedules permitting at 1 o'clock here on CCO. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.